Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, a show dedicated to helping seven-figure plus drawers build incredible businesses and amazing lives. I'm your host, Andrew Udarian, and today on the show, I've got Jonas Gephardt from Blippo.com, who spends a lot of his time in Hong Kong, which is where he runs his business out of, his business incorporated. Uh, he's actually uh, originally from Scandinavia, but moved to Hong Kong at one point because he loved it so much. It was a really great place to do business and live. And he, he talked about it, had been talking about it in the forum. And I thought, you know, I'd love to do a deep dive with him. Been there a few times, was always taken with the place. Uh, I know a lot of other people really, uh, really like it too. And so do a deep dive on Hong Kong, what it's like there, specifically from a business perspective, from tax savings, from a corporate structure, but also, of course, you're, you're right over there in the you know the manufacturing hub of the entire world, right next door, across the mainland border, and yeah, talk about the advantages there. Really, just talk about running running a business out of Hong Kong, and also, you know, if you're an American, uh, if it's you know if it's advantageous or not, not quite as advantageous, unfortunately, due to some of the tax laws here in the U.S., but still, lots of interesting things there. So. Even if you live in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, and have no plans to go incorporate in Hong Kong, as as I probably don't, it's still an interesting discussion, and I hope you enjoy it. But first, though, want to jump in quickly and give a big thank you to our two sponsors who make the show possible. First, a big thank you to the team at Clavio, who makes email marketing automation incredibly easy and powerful. And if you haven't heard, they are throwing a little bit of a party, September twenty fifth and twenty sixth in Boston. Clavio Boss, their conference for all things marketing. Uh, of course, you're going to learn about Clavio email marketing, but all things digital marketing, owned marketing. And they've got a cool contest they're running leading up to this. It's chance to win a $5,000 investment in your business as well as a all expenses paid trip to the conference. All you have to do is tell the story of your business's growth by August 12th. And you can learn more and submit your business's story at clavio.com forward slash owned growth stories. I'll be hanging out at the conference. I'll be doing some podcasting from there. I think we're going to be doing a ECF member meetup. Should be a fun time. So if you want to learn more and buy tickets, you can do that at ecommercefield.com forward slash Boston dash event for Clavio Boss. And then secondly, a big thank you to the team over at Liquid Web, a phenomenal host in general any day of the week, but particularly drool worthy if you are running your store on WooCommerce. Anytime you you know you get that power of the self-hosted open source cart, you know with great power comes great responsibility and a lot of times that's not a lot of fun dealing with you know load balancers and and, and uh, security issues and upgrades and configuration files and servers. Let Liquid Web take care of all of that. They've got an environment designed exclusively specifically for WooCommerce to make it scalable, fast, secure and super speedy. So check them out. You can learn more about them and how they can supercharge your WooCommerce store at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. All right, let's go ahead and jump into today's discussion on living and running a business in Hong Kong. Jonas, we're going to talk about a ton of stuff, all things Hong Kong, what it's like to live there, why you think it's such an amazing place to run a business, we're going to talk about taxation, all, all sorts of all sorts of business and lifestyle things, Hong Kong related. But I think we have to kick kick things off with some of the recent developments in Hong Kong this last week or so. Huge protests, insane number of insane percentage of the you know of Hong Kong has come out protesting over this extradition law that China is trying to get passed in Hong Kong. Is, is that? Is that what's, uh, correct me if I if I've kind of teed that up incorrectly or if I'm, I'm summarizing that uh, incorrectly, but if that is the case, what's the feeling in the city? Like what's, is this is this something that just everyone's talking about? What, what's it like to be in Hong Kong right now at this uh, at this time? 
Hong Kong is business as usual, but for the first time I've seen there was an actual like a semi strike going on. So businesses were happy to let their staff go to the demonstrations during the week. Usually the demonstrations are on, on Sundays because everybody's working from Monday to Saturday, but now actually people were happy to get off work and go protest on a Wednesday which I've never seen before. But personally I'm I'm not worried. Locals seem to be a bit more worried because they are worried about the they worry about the Chinese China slowly taking over and taking more control of the city and education and politics. But for Westerners, it's really making no difference. Maybe in the long run, yes, but at least you cannot see any. If you are not a journalist or or political activist or something, then you there's nothing you should be worried about let's start diving into some of the business stuff you uh when i was doing some some digging on you before the before this discussion looks like you've had businesses i believe in the u.s in finland in estonia and in hong kong and uh i think you would say hopefully otherwise this uh this interview is going to go downhill very quickly that hong kong was the best place to run uh run a business of those four why why is that like what is it about hong kong that you have loved so much that that uh that you, that you moved there not for the business reasons, but why do you love running a business in hong kong so much what are the advantages business-wise or personal-wise let's do business-wise first if you sell physical products online i don't know any other place that would be better if those products come from Asia. Hong Kong is just the perfect place for logistics, no no tariffs, super low taxes, affordable labor. If you want to be on the like selling worldwide with free shipping and be on the same playing field with your competitors, which are of course mainly Chinese, then and your goods are coming from Hong Kong or elsewhere in Asia, Hong Kong is really a perfect place for an e-commerce business. And I really wanted to move into a place which is also somewhere I want to live in. I don't, I, I don't want to live in China and I don't want to live in Bangkok or some other Asian cities. I really like Hong Kong. It's a really good combination of Western stability and Chinese culture. And in terms of taxation and then also the ease of doing business, you know, the, the red tape or lack thereof, what can you say about those two issues? Yeah, that is so strange because... Hong Kong has the British common law and not not the Chinese system. And the bureaucracy is really like the opposite of China. There's really not much red tape opening a business and everything is so easy and fast and cheap. And it's, it's the most, I think it's top 10 business friendly countries in the world. I don't know what is the exact position, but... Everything is so easy. You can open a business without ever visiting Hong Kong. And it's been made really business friendly, especially if, you're, if your business is something that has something to do with logistics or trade. Hong Kong has been the trade hub between China and Western countries for hundreds of years. I don't even remember how long. So it's, it's in the business culture of the city and has always been. And why do you like living there? I mean, you you grew up, you're from Finland. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we hopped on and you said one of the things that drove you over originally, we, we kind of share a common uh, commonality here, was the, the uh, horrific, like the winters, you just, yeah, they drove you crazy in Finland. And, and so you're looking for a place to escape. So, but, but it sounds like you've really come, really come to, 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 
Is it your home? Of course, you love it there. What is it about the city that makes it a great place to live? Hong Kong, Hong Kong is a really good, like I said, really good combination of not being too boring and like some like Singapore might for some might be too boring and not too Asian. And then again, comfortable and easy enough that it's really a friendly friendly place to start if you want to move to Asia. Since I visited here for the first time around 20 years ago, I really like the city. Uh, and I've been there. I, I was here like several times a year before we moved here. And the climate is great. It's not, there's all like, the, there's lots of sunshine throughout the year and it's not getting really cold even during the winters. Wait, wait, did you say there's lots of sunshine throughout the year? Yeah, yeah, that's but i <laughs> that's what i uh, appreciate after coming from finland like the darkness in darkness in finland is so depressing during the winter and in, in hong kong it's pretty much stable every month interesting because I, I i have only been to hong kong a couple times and each time maybe i just hit it on bad weather but i always got the impression it was a fairly warm place but not a real sunny place but you guys get a reasonable amount of sun that's cool yeah they are that. bad uh, of course bad seasons like typhoon season it might be gloomy for a few days or, or a week but but on average a lot of a lot of sunshine and uh, good weather so if you're gonna if someone's thinking about doing this does it really make the most sense for someone to do you need to live in hong kong for this to make the most sense i mean if you live in hong kong obviously you have the advantage of being on the ground I mean, you've got it's much easier i'm, I'm guessing that obviously it makes sense if you're on the ground if somebody's not on the ground they don't live in hong kong does it still make sense to to set up a business corporate structure there? I would say if even if you don't live here, but you are selling Chinese goods or goods from elsewhere in Asia, it's a really smart move to have your business set up in Hong Kong because you can you can set up the business, you can you can have the bank accounts and run it even if you don't live here, and then you you can get all the benefits your for example, Chinese competitors are getting, and you can live in Thailand or wherever you want if you don't like Hong Kong, and you can live in the U.S. also or Europe. So, when you mentioned the, the the benefits that the the Chinese competitors are getting, what do you mean by those? What are those benefits that they have if you wouldn't otherwise be set up in Hong Kong? I would say, like the biggest ones are, of course, the easy access to the warehouse. I mean, uh, manufacturers and cheap warehousing and cheap logistics. And whatever you get from living ne- right next to where the products are manufactured, everything is faster, easier to communicate. You are on the t- same time zone. Payments you can make. Oh, most of the manufacturers have a Hong Kong bank account. You can make the payments to a Hong Kong account. At least sounds and feels more safe than making payments to China. Yeah, that makes sense. In terms of taxation, so. Is, is the way the taxation works is if you have a, a Hong Kong corporation, any profits you generate outside of Hong Kong are tax-free. You don't have to pay tax on them. And then any profits generated inside are taxed at 17%. Is that how it breaks down? If the company director does not live in Hong Kong, you can apply for an offshore company status. And then you pay taxes only for profits generated in Hong Kong. And if you're an online business not selling Hong Kong, not selling in Hong Kong or to Hong Kong, then you are basically tax-free. For example, if, if you're an e-commerce company and you sell products, you import products from China and then sell them in the US, there you don't need to 
pay taxes for any of the profits. You don't need to pay any duties or tariffs when importing those products to Hong Kong. And it's basically you pay nothing to the government doing a business like that. Yeah, so does that depend on, uh, and, and there's kind of two parts you said there, if the director or the owner lives inside or outside of Hong Kong, is that, so you live in Hong Kong, so do you play, do you pay taxes on if you bring something in and you sell it to someone in Japan or the United States? Do you, even though you live in Hong Kong, do you pay taxes on the profits from those sales? Yeah, now as I live in Hong Kong, I we pay around 8% for profits up to about 250,000 US dollars and above 250k we pay about 16% for any portion above that and that's it nothing else wow okay yeah, that's that's pretty competitive uh, do you know many i mean you think about us residents and obviously you're not a us uh, i don't believe you're a us citizen from uh, i could be wrong but i don't think you are do you know many americans that are are using that are you know living in hong kong running these corporations or just even have hong kong corporations that that maybe still live in america because the man the us is aggressive they've got some of the most aggressive international tax laws in the world in terms of taxing you regardless of of where you are where your income is generated so do you have many american friends or colleagues that even still when they're under U.S. jurisdiction assistance, are, are still running their business this way? I have many American friends, but I don't know anybody who would be running an e-commerce business like, like I'm doing. But what I've heard from those friends who work in black banking or other industries, they say it's pretty difficult. Like They have to apparently pay tax to both countries, if I understand correctly, but I'm really not an expert with the having a business as an American in Hong Kong, I don't know what you need to pay back home. That's that's out of my out of, out out of my, your pay yeah. league. <laughs> out of my pay league. But but coming coming from Europe, I I only need to pay tax to one country. So I pay either at home if I'm living there, or I pay here in Hong Kong if I'm living here. But I don't pay double ever. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's really nice. And and the way again, I if you don't go out and. and set up a Hong Kong organization and run it this way based on my advice without talking to someone. But but from people I've chatted with, I think the way it works is if you, as long as you don't take the profits out of the corporation, so you set up a Hong Kong corporation as an American, if you leave the profits inside the corporation, you don't have to pay tax on them to America. But as soon as you as soon as you pull those out as dividends, that's when it becomes a taxable event. And then you have to pay all those, you know, you pretty much lose the tax savings of the Hong Kong Corp and you have to pay your American standard tax rates the way way I think it would work up. So it's on one hand, it seems like it'd be nice because you can defer some of those taxes, kind of like an IRA or something. And you can you can re reinvest. Even if you don't spend it the same year, you can compound it for a few years, reinvest without having a tax hit. But it seems like it's a much better deal for, like you said, uh, Europeans like yourself as opposed to potentially someone under US tax law. Yeah, and I, I still I still don't know if if the overall savings would be actually better if you have a Hong Kong company because you don't you don't have sales taxes or capital gains tax or like i said no tariffs or any duties so it might be still beneficial to have the sales going through a hong kong company instead of first handling everything and all the side costs in the u.s yeah what about shipping from hong kong one thing and maybe this is more u.s centric as well but 
e-packet is something that was big and it sounds like it it may be getting phased out in the future for for US sellers where you can ship to the US markets really cheaply on a subsidized level. Is shipping and you mentioned like offering free international shipping. I I've never done any major meaningful international sales or shipping. And so when I think about that I just think any international shipping is is prohibitively or just really expensive. Is it pretty affordable to be able to ship internationally worldwide from Hong Kong? Like what what's uh, what are how does that look if you're trying to sell internationally from a Hong Kong base? If, if I understand correctly, the like e-packet is uh, it's, it's like an agreement between Chinese posts and Hong Kong posts and USPS. And, and that is apparently going away at some point. At least there's been talks about it. But we have never used e-packet. We only use the basic postal office, like Singapore Post, DHL Global Mail. And we offer free shipping to everything we sell. So that that means we cannot sell anything above two kilos and offer free airmail. But for everything under two kilos, it's free shipping because it's very cheap. So can you give me some examples? Do you ship mostly to sell? uh, Where are most of your customers? Japan, the US? Most of our customers are outside Asia. So of course, mostly North America and Europe. North America and Europe. Okay. And you're shipping by some of those things. So could you give us an example of something that you ship? Well, actually, before we even start that, why is it? It sounds like it's already cheaper in Hong Kong than other places to ship. Does does the Hong Kong government subsidize just, just general shipping? Or is it why is it so cheap to, to ship internationally from Hong Kong? There's so much competition. We actually use mostly Singapore Post. So our shipments go f- from Hong Kong to Singapore. And then from there, Singapore Post will send them to U.S., and for many European destinations and Canada, we use DHL Global Mail. So all the shipments first fly to Germany and from there they continue to the destination country. So we are not even using Hong Kong Post because Hong Kong Post doesn't offer any pickup or any services that would make it for an e-commerce business. To be, we don't want to line up at the post office with bags of shipments. That's not like 100 bags every day, so it's not doable. But, but those other logistics companies, which Hong Kong is filled with, they offer all the services and competition you need. Interesting. So, can you give us an example? You know, so let's say let's say you're shipping. Uh, can you give us a product? Maybe I don't know if you can think of just a medium-sized product that you'd send through the mail. Uh, let's say you're sending it to somebody in America. Let's say Texas, just for the sake of argument, and it, it weighs let's say half a half a kilogram, so about a you know about a pound ish. What would that cost to send, and how long would it take to get there? Assuming it would say like the size of a, I don't know, a book, a bookish like product. So they charge us per kilo. It's weighed by the whole batch of shipments. So if we have 500 kilos of ship like packages, it's going to be 500 kilos in total. They don't weigh the individual packages. But if we send like half a kilo to US, it's, it's about five or six US dollars plus registration for two US dollars if we want to do it. Man. And how long does that take? How long does it take to get there? It's about one, maybe seven to ten days to US. Okay, not too bad. Like definitely longer than domestic shipment, but five to six bucks—that's really reasonable. And if we send hundred grams, like then it's one or one or one point five US dollars, something like that. So it's- <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> we live in a crazy world that you can do that for that. Yeah, it's it's actually yeah, it's actually cheaper to ship from Hong Kong to Finland than from Finland to Finland, and I'm sure that applies to most countries, at least in Europe, where the sh- local post offices are really expensive. 
Yeah, interesting. What about payment processing? I've heard other people who have been through Hong Kong, payment processing and getting a a reasonable merchant is something they've either they've, they've struggled with getting a merchant set up or exchange rate exchange rates for different currencies. Is that something that you've run into as a problem, or at this point, is it is it really not not an issue with some of the solutions out there? Uh, I have never had any problems with with the payment processing. I'm sure there were many problems before Stripe and those came came to Asia, but now when you when we can have Stripe and then we have Braintree and PayPal, all of those have offices in Hong Kong. So we have never had any, it's basically the same setting up a Stripe account here as it would be in the US. Very straightforward. Yeah. So you set it up and, and your site, I'm guessing you accept, given most of your customers are in North America, most of your things are, are priced in US dollars for a US website. Is that fair? Yeah. Everything is in US dollars. And so everything gets pro- everything gets processed. Your payment processor, when that happens, does it get, do you have a, does it just get deposited in your Hong Kong bank account, like HSBC, for example, in US dollars, or does it uh, get converted over and and how does that work on the backside? For some reason, there is some kind of legislation that they need to deposit the payments in Hong Kong dollars. But Stripe charges us like a a 1% margin on top of the exchange rates. So it's, they don't take, take 1% of the, whole payment for the exchange rate, but they have a small margin on the exchange rate when they convert money to Hong Kong dollars. So it's not that big. Yeah, so not 1%, if $100 order, they're not taking an additional 1%. They're maybe taking a, a tiny margin on the exchange rate, just a small commission on that. Guy, if that makes sense. But I, I would I would not deal directly with the banks in Hong Kong. They are very old school. So if you need payment processing, just go directly to Stripe, Braintree, PayPal, or WorldPay, or whatever company you use home, you would use at home. What? So you, you have a so you have an office and a warehouse in Hong Kong, correct? Yes. Can you get like what's a when I think Hong Kong, really interesting city, great infrastructure for business and banking. Seems like a really expensive place to have a physical footprint from, you know. And so, can you give us a sense, as much detail as you're willing to share, but in terms of how big your office and warehouse are, and then how much it costs to run that? Because I think that would be something that would be fairly intimidating for a lot of people thinking about setting up shop in Hong Kong. It's just you know the physical cost of office and warehouse space. Yeah, living uh, like a ho- like renting a home and warehouse, that's going to be more expensive than basically anywhere else in the world. We have about 200 square feet, and it's about 3,000 US dollars per month. And it, 200 square feet, and that's for your, your home residence? So, I mean, sorry, 2,000 two square feet, 200 square meters, around that, that size. 2,000 square, oh, two, sorry, and we got the metric in, the, in my side here. So it's 2,000 square meters, you said? Yes, uh, we have 2,000 square feet. 2,000 square feet. Guy, the okay. I appreciate you. You're a kind man to do the conversions for me over here on the uh, on the standard system. <laughs> so you said two thousand square feet, and then how many? And that's three thousand dollars per per month, US. Yeah, yeah. That's about that's about an average uh, warehouse industrial area rent price. And we are not in the city, of course. If you want an office in the city, it's going to be two hundred square feet and maybe one thousand five hundred US dollars. So it's going to be much more expensive if you only rent an office. Right. How far are you outside of the of of the city for that for that office space size and price? It's about thirty minutes from central, but as most of the staff we employ, they live in 
nearby those areas where the industrial areas are. They only apply for jobs nearby their home. So it's actually really convenient for, for me and all the all the employees. Okay. Okay. So it's like a little on the spending side, but not, that's cheaper than I would have thought. Uh, that's, that's not egregious. I would, if you would have guessed, uh, if you would ask me to guess, I would have guessed 2000 square foot warehouse, which isn't, you know, super large, but not tiny. I would have guessed five or 6,000 bucks. So us, so that's, that's, that's more reasonable than I thought. What about, what about being a resident? You know, you're, are you, a, I'm guessing you're not a Hong, Hong Konger or Chinese citizen. Now I am a permanent resident having been here for seven years. Okay. And how hard is that to to do as someone who's coming into the, you know, into Hong Kong? So if you it's pretty easy to get a business business visa. So if you have any business experience and you actually have a plan of setting up a business or or a business like a background of any kind, you can get a business manager visa in Hong Kong and then you will just renew it every two or three years if you the business is still running and there has hasn't been any any big changes it's basically an automatic process and you can if you stay here for seven years you get the permanent residency and then you actually don't need to apply for any visas ever again oh nice okay and there's no limit on the it's not a like a three-month travel visa you got to go do visa runs it's that business visa is a permanent visa even when it's you're not a permanent resident yeah, you are a Hong Kong resident, but not a permanent resident. So you don't get to vote or you don't get any tax refunds, but you still have all the same rights for free healthcare and education and all the benefits. Very cool. How is the, how's the healthcare system in, in Hong Kong? I think it's, I think it's good. I, I cannot complain. Our daughter was born here and on the public, in the public hospital and it's, it's efficient, but really I, I would say it's the Europe, same as Europe would be. And you can always choose private private hospitals and private private like insurance policies, but we haven't seen any need for that. So, so when your your daughter was born, did you pay anything out of pocket for your daughter to be born? I think it was about maybe ninety US dollars for the whole thing. <laughs> that is insane. So I mean, I, this is coming from a living in the US. I mean, you're unless you have phenomenal insurance. Most people that, especially entrepreneurs, have high deductible health insurance. I mean. Five, six. This is this is a regular birth with no complications. You know, anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars per child, which is which is crazy. Speaking of kids, how how is Hong Kong like as a city to raise children? Most people don't think that you know one of the biggest cities, one of the larger cities in the world. You know, a lot of people have kids and then they kind of head to places that are less populated, less urban. But how is it? How's it been raising? Uh, is it your daughter or your son in in Hong Kong? Yeah, our daughter is five years old. She goes to the local kindergarten and now she speaks English, Finnish and Chinese on on a local level. So it's uh, we don't know what she's talking about. She's like translating for us now at the moment. So we have no idea what she's speaking in Chinese. That's amazing. And she obviously doesn't have you know much to compare it to, but as parents, you guys been been happy raising raising a kid there? Yeah, it's really really easy and nice because we um there's no like because we don't have grandparents here. Uh, she doesn't have grandparents here, so we have a domestic helper from the Philippines. She's awesome, helping us during the day while we are working, and then schools are free. There's a lot of international friends we like. We can hang out with. It's not it's not difficult to diff- difficult to find friends for her, and every, everybody speaks English or Chinese, so it's really easy. Um, no need to put on ten layers of clothing when going out in the morning. <laughs> 
do, do you have something set up in your apartment or, or, or your home where it shows the weather back in Helsinki where you can, when you're, you know, you wake up in the morning and it's wonderful and warm, you can look back and, and realize, realize what you're missing and, and be appreciative. Like, is that something you've thought about doing? Yeah, I should, I should have that. But I can see from the Instagram feed, if, if my Instagram feed is empty, it means it's depressing and ugly <laughs> back home. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what, what about cost of living for, so someone's thinking, this sounds great. sounds fantastic. I'd love to head over there to minimum experience it more and do some business and maybe think about making it more of a permanent part of my, my business or base. What about cost of living from a housing perspective? Maybe not right in the city, but let's say, you know, you said your warehouse is about half an hour outside the city. Let's say you wanted to be, you know, 10 minutes, 10 to, 15, 10 to 15 minute subway ride into the kind of central. What are you looking for, for, you know, a two bedroom, you know, average size, which is going to be smaller in Hong Kong type apartment to rent? Maybe like a 10, 15 minutes MTR ride. It would be about, I would say about two, two bedroom apartment, about 2000 US dollars. But it really depends on the quality. If it's an old building and no services, it's going to be cheaper. But if you want like a luxurious condo tower, it's going to be more expensive. You can just choose your comfort level and then the price it's it's according to the quality and and you mentioned too we touched on or you touched on suppliers a little bit do you get a sense that you've got the obvious advantages where you're right across the border you can hop over you're in the same time zone you can communicate so some of those obvious ones but do you find that when you deal with manufacturers and they know you're based out of hong kong whether by talking to them or just just seeing through through the way you're communicating, that you are able to get you know build better rapport, have better pricing, that you just those relationships are stronger given the close proximity and, and the fact that you're right there, or is that not not as much? I would say it's easier to deal with the Chinese manufacturers because we can easily hire local staff who speaks in, who speak Chinese with them, so they are actually not giving you the tourist pricing or how to say they are giving you the actual pricing they would give to any other Chinese Chinese companies they would deal with. And and because the local the local culture, business culture is so trade based, there are a lot of people who have who are like have been doing that kind of job before, like trade and sourcing. So it's really it's easy to find local employees who will handle that for you. That's cool. Can you Anything else we haven't talked about in terms of Hong Kong from a place to live, from a business hub, as we're wrapping up here, that, that you think we should mention or you, should, you want to touch on? Maybe if you want to live in Hong Kong, the personal salary tax is something you might consider a benefit. What, uh, what's that? I'm not, I don't know what that is. Like your personal tax on your salary or whatever you take from the company. Like, for example, if you are married, you have two children, you earned... 100,000 US dollars per year, you would pay 1% or 2% tax rate annually. Oh, I see. Okay, so not the corporate level, but what your your income level is. It's only 1% or 2%. Is that for everyone, even even people who don't have their own business, just the general salary rate if somebody works at the bank or works at the you know the the local restaurant that's what they're paying on their wages is a couple percent yeah the like the the highest tax percentage is 15% so that is if you earn millions that's something you would pay but lo- normal people who earn normal salary there are so many deductions if you have kids or wife or you are just earning a low salary that virtually you will not pay taxes only a few percentage points if you do how 
So all this begs the question, how is Hong Kong able to offer all this modern infrastructure, free healthcare at insanely low, low tax rates? Like how are they able to do that when a lot of other people aren't able to, do, aren't able to swing it? I really do. I don't have an idea. Like I'm sure that banks and all the finance industry and insurance companies, they pay a lot of money like tax and other fees to the government. And Hong Kong government makes a lot of its annual budget from selling land and actually creating land and selling it. So filling filling, uh, filling plots of land in the ocean and then selling that to developers. So that's a big portion of the income, but I'm really not expert in Hong Kong budget. So I don't know where the major, majority of the money comes from. Yeah, that's interesting. Well... Just this has been super interesting. I thank you. Even I mean, as an American, even as someone who probably doesn't make sense to set up a corporation there, the ins and outs I think are really interesting. Hong Kong as a city, I think, is fascinating, and and hopefully for some people that potentially are outside the U.S. tax jurisdiction and and uh, could could benefit from some of this stuff, it'll be even more helpful. So, yeah, thank you for doing this. Are you up for wrapping things up with a a quick lightning round here uh, to to cap off the uh, the discussion? Yeah, thank you. Great. So feel free, feel free to answer with uh, short answers, one word, one sentence. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? Uh, I would say therapy. Therapy. Do you think? Do you think Amazon should be broken up by the U.S. government? I really don't know the pros and cons about that. Like it sounds that Amazon is too big, but then again, is breaking up going to solve anything? So I really cannot. I don't have an opinion on that. I don't know about too much. I know I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I like that answer. That means that all your other answers are probably fairly well informed when you take a stance on it. <laughs> um, that's that's a good answer. What's your favorite restaurant in Hong Kong? So, not like we're celebrating an anniversary or you know super fancy, but if someone rolls into Hong Kong and they just want like a good, you know, delicious meal without spending a billion dollars, what's your favorite restaurant you go to frequently in Hong Kong? For somebody who comes to Hong Kong and wants to have local food, I would say. There are so many options for dim sum that just go into some place where nearby your hotel and it's going to be good. But um, maybe my favorite restaurant is Cheesecake Factory because after living here for <laughs> after living here for eight years, Asian eating Asian food every day, like a really unhealthy American large portion and big cheesecake starts to sound really great. That is awesome. I would not have guessed that was that would not have been on my list of guesses for you. <laughs> Favorite neighborhood or or section of Hong Kong? Do you have a part of town that you really love? I like like the nature, which is always close. But if you want to experience Hong Kong, I would go to a like an area called Mongkok, which is the most crowded place in the world. It ha- there's three hundred forty thousand people per square mile, and actually, I checked Montana has seven. that's 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 impressive hong kong is the nature surprised me when i visited because you can be in the heart of the city and you take a tram ride up and you're in the middle of walking trails and lots of open space and totally blew me away how quickly you could get out of the city into you know into nature and vice versa It it was really cool yeah we go hiking every every week basically for hard and like steep hikes because most of it is mountains. And it's always within 20, 30 minutes from anywhere you are. You can find a hike and nature super easily. What's, what's the favorite, your favorite physical object that you own? I, don't, I wouldn't say my phone is my favorite, but it's definitely the most useful. It gives me 
access to everything, learning, meditation, reading, tracking habits, podcasts, everything useful. And then finally, what's, uh, what's one of the top three items on your bucket list? Something, something that you'd like to do before you die? I was, I've been really thinking about this because I really don't have a bucket list. I try to do the stuff and things I want to do as, as, as I go along. But like maybe the high level goals I have is just to learn, improve and become a better person every day. And then uh, financial independence is something I'm just like, which is my way, maybe the only goal in my life. Like maybe at, in some, at some point being financially independent without having to work for a living. And then I want to move somewhere outside Asia at some point. We've been, we've been here for so long and it's nice here, but also I want to experience a different new culture, a new, new way of living outside Asia. Yeah, cool. Well, this has been super fun. Thank you. If, like I mentioned at the very top, you should check out his, we'll link up to all of his businesses, but especially blippo.com, B-L-I-P-P-O.com. You can find all sorts of, of Asian candy and snacks, stationary accessories, all sorts of fun toys over there. And if you're in uh, Hong Kong, yeah, maybe you'll, you'll run into this gentleman. So thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much. And if you're coming to Hong Kong, send me a message and uh, I'll take you for a hike. <laughs> That's awesome. What's, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, my last name is so difficult to pronounce, so maybe easiest way to just go to the show notes and send me a message from Facebook or Instagram. Perfect. We'll, uh, we'll link up to it there. And great. Well, thanks, sir. Hope to see you next time I'm in town. Thank you so much. If you're listening to this and you own your own e-commerce business, and chances are probably pretty good that you do if you've gotten this far through the episode, you need to check out our private community for store owners. It's a, a vetted group of over a thousand store owners and experienced professionals. And the reason it's different is, is just like I mentioned, it's vetted. We go through and we require all new members have a seven-figure business. They actually have experience in the space. And we go through and we review all applications to make sure everyone's legit when they come in. And then once everyone gets inside, it's not a free-for-all. We, we moderate in ways where if people are being jerks or, you know, behaving inappropriately, we toss them out. If people come in and do nothing but ask questions, we toss them out. We really value experience. We value reciprocity. And it's a place where you're going to be able to connect with other store owners to learn what's working, but also make good friends. Like some of my best friends I have met through this community. And I know that others can say that as well. So if you're interested in learning more and applying for membership, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com forward slash form. That's F-O-R-U-M. And of course, I want to give a huge thank you to the shoe sponsors who make this show possible. First to Liquid Web, who offers the absolute best place to host your WooCommerce store online, a scalable rock solid platform. If you want to learn more about them and how they can supercharge your WooCommerce store, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. And also to the team over at Clavio, who makes email automation incredibly easy and powerful. You can get started for free and test drive their platform at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Clavio. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate your time and you following the podcast and looking forward to catching you again next Friday. the ASY Radio Network Live from New York.